You're listening to A Journey in American English. Hello everyone and welcome back. A brand new week and a brand new episode. Whenever I think of summer, I always think of the song Summertime Sadness, but I don't know why. <laughs> it is a good song after all. You should go check it out. Anyway, in today's episode, Chris and I want to talk about the cultural aspects of summer in the US. Even though Chris and I are both from the US, he and I have had similar and different experiences with respect to how we spend and spend our time during the summer. Some of the summer-related topics that we want to touch on have to do with going to camps, activities with our friends, attending summer school, and seasonal work. As always, feel free to contact us at our Discord or send us an email, both of which will be in the description of this podcast. With that being said, we hope that you enjoyed this episode, and let's begin. Welcome back. Welcome back, everyone. Hope it's a nice, hot and warm week wherever you are. Oh no, no, it's it's terrible here. But unlike in the U.S., we don't have air conditioning, so you sweat and suffer, so to speak. Our air conditioning just uh, froze over yesterday and again today. Like so my go on. My roommates are working on uh, figuring that out right now. The like a pipe But, bust or something? I don't think so. So what happened? Our neighbors have a cotton tree. Okay, a right cotton tree. Okay. Right over top. I don't think it's actually cotton, but it's, okay, okay. you know, people <laughs> call it that because the seeds it dropped, it looks like, like our backyard looks like snow sometimes because of all the cotton. Huh. But it's, their tree is like right over our outside AC unit. So it gummed up everything in there. Oh no. Which let everything freeze up outside. And then our internals are frozen up as well. So. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Struggles so, of uh, warm weather. Yeah. So do you have like a huge, I don't, I don't even know what to call it, like a huge fan or like a huge box where you, that's outside of your house. That's what yes. I had. Oh, okay. What's the name? I, I keep forgetting the word. I mean, I just say AC unit. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And then we have actually in my room is the utility room with mm. the furnace and all the refrigerants and chemicals inside that will do all the cooling and yeah that's some like, of that must be outside if something if some of the stuff on the outside was freezing as well yeah that's uh that's a great way to start off the episode because today we want to talk about summer <clears> and <throat> i do know that there are ac units that you can attach to your window like you often see those in movies um people who live like in apartment complexes they don't actually have room for an ac so they'll attach it to their window basically um but i had what you had when i was in the u.s where you had like this big old like ac unit that has a huge fan in it and it's outside of your house usually and it's super loud um yes and it's very expensive <laughs> it uses a lot of power and i would say most houses have one these days yeah it's so much money though so in most of europe you really don't have air conditioning air conditioning in the U.S. is like omnipresent, like it's everywhere, <laughs> like no matter where you go, no matter what you do, air conditioning is always there. So it's never too hot <laughs> and it's never too cold. Yeah, like Goldilocks. It's just perfect. Although I would say a lot of places go a little too far with the air conditioning. Definitely. 
So then yeah. the hotter it is, the more the air conditioning has to run. So where I sit at work, I happen to sit near a vent and I'm, I, you know, the hotter it gets outside, the colder I seem to be. <laughs> and Las Vegas is uh, famous for the hotter it gets outside, the lower the AC goes inside. And a lot of times people, when they travel to Las Vegas are advised, bring a jacket because it will get cold inside the casinos because they want really? to stay there. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> my, my wife, so she's been to the U.S. a couple of times. And she always complained about how how cold it is inside of buildings. Like outside, it'll be like 80 or like, let's say 90. But, you know, inside it feels like it's like freezing. You know, it's like 30, 40 degrees because it's so cold. Um, now, my family, we tended to like overdo it. So <laughs> we always made it a bit colder. But here in Germany, really, you only have AC for like uh, not even the trains unless it's a nice train. Uh you have it for supermarkets you have it for like banks um and that's that's really it honestly um, about government buildings yeah government yeah well not always depends on how old they are if they're newer yes they might but generally speaking a lot of people in europe use radiators um for the winter so in my apartment we have like one two three four we have five of them so we have five radiators and those are good for the winter they're super efficient uh, they're relatively cheap, but in the summer, it's just, you know, you open a window, you turn on a fan and you pray for rain. <laughs> and that's pretty much it. Unless you love the heat, like, you know, like you do. I hate the heat. I, I don't like I do heat. love the heat. I do love the heat. <laughs> no. I, I'm not, I won't lie. I mean, it's, it's awful and I'm not happy it happened. Yeah. But uh, I, I can enjoy turning the AC off for a day or two to let everything thaw. I'm fine with that. Yeah, that's true. I, I as I kinda... say, as I live in the basement and my roommates are stuck upstairs well, where it will be much hotter. Oh, you definitely, you know, because like, <laughs> as everyone knows, like hot air rises. And I guess another thing a lot of people might not know, I don't know if you have this in your apartment or in your house or wherever you live, but where I used to live, we would have fans that would have like a winter and summer mode. So you would have basically, you could use the summer mode to pull the hot hair up and then the winter mode to push it down. So in the winter... No, I've never heard of that. Really? Yeah. So like on the fan, you would have like a switch. Because in winter, a lot of the hot air, obviously because it rises. So you can use the fan to push all that hot air down. So the fan would run in reverse. And whereas in the summertime, you could turn it on so that the air would go up. So it would pull the hot air up. So all the hot, of the air, so all the hot air would be at the ceiling. And on the floor, it would be cold. Um I mean, it didn't really work very well. It was a very cheap fan. Like, uh, <laughs> I mean, the house was from like the 70s and the fans were probably that old too. But, uh, but still. Anywho. I, I wonder if that has to do with being in Missouri. Maybe. Because you'd, you'd be in a place where it would get really hot and really cold. Oh, Not yeah. that it doesn't do the same here, but just being more central in the country. Yeah. Yeah. So like I said, basically you have like fans that can run like in like clockwise or counterclockwise and depending on you know how hot or cold it is you can use you can change it so you can use your fan in summer and you can use your fan in winter um maybe i got the directions mixed up i don't think i did but the point being you can use your fan in both seasons <laughs> basically um but yeah so we don't want to talk about like fans the whole time even though fans are super interesting because mm. I, I don't really have any here i but think we, we were more looking into the uh 
the cultural significance of summer and yeah definitely here. yeah yeah so and, and i think real quick we should just establish um even though I like to be very pedantic about it, we aren't talking about <laughs> summer the season as in from the summer solstice to the autumnal equinox. We're talking about mm-hmm. usually what people in uh, the U.S. are thinking of when public school ends, usually late May, early June, mm. to when public school begins again, usually in late August, early September. Yeah, I would co- I would consider that to be... Well, technically speaking, that's not summer, but yeah. You're um, right. It's but that's what like when school ends, people everyone is like, okay, it is now summer. And that's also when it starts getting hot. It's like right now it's we're two or we're two or three days away from summer. Sometimes the, the equin or the solstice can shift a day or two, mm. just depending on what the planets are doing right now. But um yeah, we're not in summer right now, but it sure feels like it and everyone's acting like it. I would consider it summer, but that I guess it depends on how strict you want to be. If you want to go by the book, um, if you want to, you know, the it's the summer will be this and this date because uh, that's the solstice or whatnot. People do the same for the winter, so you know the winter solstice. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm usually one of those people, <laughs> but I'm not really a stickler for those kind of things. If it feels hot, then it's it's summer, and if it feels cold, it's winter. Uh, that's kind of how. I measure that. But yeah, so in a cultural sense, as, as Chris said, we would consider summer, especially for kids, so people who are in school or students in general, um, once you end school around May-ish, uh, that's pretty much when summer starts. Because before that, you have your spring break, which obviously isn't summer. <laughs> but yeah. So how did you like spend your summers when you were growing up? So it honestly wasn't that exciting. I did a lot of staying home. I played video games. I would go over to my my uh, grandparents a lot for stretches of times. When I was out there, I did more traditionally summer things. I had a bike out there and they lived in a really good higher end residential neighborhood on a golf course. So I would ride my bike all over there several times a day. Um, I remember oh. there was a lot outside. Uh, an empty lot that didn't have a house built on it yet. And I just went out there with a metal baseball bat and hit rocks. Like a parking lot? No, like a, like a, a lot where a, a dirt lot with rocks. Oh, and a house was going to be okay. built on. Cause it was a newer neighborhood and they built that house in 2001. It's way more filled in these days, but back then there was dirt lots and empty space everywhere. And I definitely shouldn't have done that. I actually destroyed some bats <laughs> that I shouldn't have destroyed. But that's that's another part of summer is, you know, you're a kid, you're on your own, you have freedom, you do things you maybe shouldn't do. But yeah, sometimes that's how you find out you shouldn't do that. That That's pretty that's that's very like for me, that's also very typical American is and you see it in movies, too, where they're off for summer and they get into some kind of like uh, mischievous things or they get into some kind of misadventures and you know that's their summertime and then when they go back to school like fun is over adventures over and now life is boring again um i guess one thing we both didn't do which i also consider to be very typical is like going to like camps like summer camps um i never did that but you know they're like i've done it 
You have? Oh, you have. Like, what kind of camps did you go to? So I did it twice. It was the same camp. Um, here's the awful name it had. It was Camp <laughs> Huff and Puff. It was for kids with asthma. Oh, I thought it was Harry Potter. No. <laughs> it sounded a little like Harry Potter. <laughs> Though um, we did most of the traditional camp stuff. It was a campground off in the forest. We had cabin for older boys, older girls, younger boys, younger girls. Oh, and... so, so it was mixed. Yeah. Oh, okay. And we did hikes and um, I think we did some archery. They brought rifles out one day. Oh, wow um it, it was very boring at least i was in the younger <laughs> kids cabin at that point so it was like all right come up and take your one shot and go back you know you did it um and and just because it was an asthma camp there would be like once a day they'd be like let's learn about asthma that Which, you that, know it's not a terrible thing to teach kids no i mean that does sound kind of boring though um, but it is important. I mean, the asthma, like getting to shoot a rifle and a bow, that sounds super interesting. I would have loved that. Um, the, hike, the hiking was the best. Oh, def- definitely. Yeah. So for those who maybe are not exactly sure. So typically there is this tradition of like going to camps and camp in the sense of you're off for summer and you go to some place to like learn a skill. So you can go to like band camp or as Chris said, you can go to like asthma camp. Um, basically it's just doing an activity for the whole summer. Like you could there's probably maybe like a guitar camp or like a music mm-hmm. camp. So you go there to learn like guitar and music. And they're not free generally. Um, no, they're expensive. Yeah, they're very expensive. And generally parents send the, their kids to camp so that the parents have off for the summer <laughs> is is usually one of the reasons. Well, there are traditionally like full, like long term camps. Yeah. So, for example, the camp I went to was like five days. Oh, wow. And I completely forgot to mention this. I did band camp as well for two years, but they're separated in my mind because the asthma camp I went to was like a camp camp. Like what you imagine when you think of like an 80s camp movie is what it looked Uh like. The band camp I went to was we stayed in i believe i talked about for the local ski town here red lodge montana mm. we just stayed in you know they put the boys in one hotel and the girls in another hotel and what was actually really cool about that camp is you biked everywhere so everyone you were told to bring a bike it was like you had a schedule you wake up in the morning oh got to make it to practice by eight or right, let's bike across town let's get the practice or no lap breakfast then quickly get to practice. Okay, we did practice. Let's ride over to our master class. Okay, we have lunch off. Let's ride back up to the uh, hotel. And then it, it was almost kind of like having a job. Like there were parts <laughs> of your day you're like, for me, it was orchestra. Like I did not enjoy the orchestra section just because um, the keys we were uh, playing in were very difficult and not common for what I was used to. Oh, uh, orchestra. For all, for all you yeah. music nerds out there. And... <laughs> It was super cool, though. Overall, the experience was great. Uh, and we had very, very, well, we had, I don't want to, I guess, technically internationally recognized musicians there mm. because we had the Canadian jazz band comp- or, uh, conductor was a part of our camp. And we had a bunch of uh, famous players and composers from around the U.S. at the camp. To them, it was a good excuse to just teach young people who want to learn and also spend some time in 
an amazingly beautiful ski town in Montana. Oh, wow. It was, it was like a pretty textbook summer, like adventure experience. I would say it was great. Yeah, that, that does sound very typical of, so that's like the typical band experience. What I find interesting is that it's, that it's mixed. So you often hear of like camps being separated by gender. So there'd be a camp for the boys and a camp for the girls, or you would have something similar to the camps, like the boy scouts, although that's not a camp, that's like a club, but right. still but they do go camping. Yeah. Yeah. They do go camping, but um, that's more of like an organization, you know, cause you have like the girl scouts who uh, sell cookies basically. And you have the boy scouts who uh, like earn badges and uh, go in the woods and all that fun stuff. <laughs> I never did. Uh, I guess a small side note I read the other day, uh, the girl scouts have had a lot of trouble because they have all these cookies that they haven't been able to sell because of the, the pandemic. So all these cookies Ooh. have been, yeah, they've just been sitting in a warehouse and, uh they've lost a lot of money but yeah so that's basically like camp um super interesting generally for kids though like i don't know if they're because if you're an adult you don't have time for that you can't just take like a break for three months that doesn't work Um, i believe they do exist but they're usually more purposeful i believe and they're uh, more expensive i have heard of cases where like hey if you pay me enough money yeah, I, you know, you can join this camp for a month and say it's like a, a, a weight loss camp. Uh, you are going okay. out in the middle of the woods. I will control everything you do and I will control everything you eat and you will be here for one month. The end. You're not doing anything else. Uh, okay. There okay. are things like that, but they're not as common. and They're much more expensive. OK, so I guess maybe here's a here's a point where I might have to split hairs. Would we refer that to that as a camp or like a retreat? I, that- I would. I would say it depends on the level of intensity. If it's like a relaxing resort environment, you can call that a retreat. If it's Uh, like, Hey, it's 8 AM. You were supposed to be up an hour ago. We have like three hikes to do today and 20 other activities. Go, go, go. I would call that more of a camp. That's I also don't like, and this was something I learned about as a kid after I went to my first camp that asthma camp mm. i i went through the local ymca catalog because the ymca would have a catalog with all the available events you could do oh. sports league swimming lessons camps all these things and mm. i was looking through and i was like oh my god they have so many camps soccer camp football mm. camp like this sounds so cool and then i read about them like wait a minute soccer camp parents drop their kids off at 8 a.m pick them up at noon i'm like that's not a camp what oh yeah no, that's and not so camp. They, you just, <laughs> they just attach camp to anything these days. As a kid, I wanted to like go out into the woods and stay in a cabin for a week or two. Yeah, but that's most yeah. of the camps that you'll find are not that. No, definitely not. Um, but yeah, that's camps. Um, so we don't have to stick to like camps the whole time. What other points that you want to talk about, like related to summer? So I would like to talk about uh, seasonal industries. Oh, okay, um, that's right. Specifically, yeah. since since we're on the topic of fun summer times, mm-hmm. like for for example, there's a local Billings, Montana institution here called Softies. They do ice cream. They have a Blizzard yeah. knockoff. They have a whole bunch of different ice creams, slushy yogurt combos. Everybody in Billings loves it. As soon as it opens, whenever it is remotely nice outside, the line will be very long. 
And that, again, is like a local symbol to us here. It is about summertime. And it usually opens mid to late spring and stays open until early to mid fall. Oh, okay. Yeah, seasonal stuff. That's true. So uh, maybe you did this too when you were a kid, but for me and for people where we grew up, so for summer, the, the most typical thing you did was like mow lawns. So you would go around and like cut people's grass and earn maybe like 10 or 15 bucks per lawn. I personally never earned a lot of money. <laughs> I couldn't find a lot of customers, but that was a very like, you know, well-known thing like kids would do, especially the boys. Some girls did it. Some girls cut long, but it was pretty rare. Um, did you have something like similar? Something I don't similar? think that was as common here. I think I've only mowed a lawn like twice just because when I mowed the lawn, my dad was like, no, 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 not like that. Not like that. And oh. you know, he's, he wanted his lawn a specific way. So we took over. Oh, um, you're lucky. I, on on <laughs> the a very flip side, I was considering doing something like that in winter with shoveling driveways, but oh, I was yeah. told someone else had already had dibs on our area. So I gave up on it. Yeah, I did that. I don't want to go too far into winter, but yeah, I did the same thing. So, um, so the three seasonal jobs you can do, that are very typical in the U.S. is cutting grass, uh, raking leaves, or shoveling snow. And those are the three things that you can do to earn money as a kid. Um, the problem is, as, as Chris said, some people have dibs, so they have their territory. <laughs> yep. And if it's all gone, then it's... Uh, usually the response was, oh, I'm sorry, but um, Max... You know, the guy down the street, the boy down the street, Max, he's the one cutting our grass or something. So I couldn't earn a lot of money. Uh, what other things would you say like are seasonal summer related? Well, here's a hyper specific industry that I mm-hmm. suppose is open year round, but uh, I'm sure they make all their money about ooh, in the next week or, to- or two from now is fireworks oh the 4th yeah. of july independence day oh yeah that's right we have a socially acceptable explosion day and it's great yeah i i hurt myself a lot with fireworks as a kid um not bad but i mean it was super fun it was super dangerous though and that's kind of why i <laughs> like it as well because to me, things have a charm. If you if you do something wrong, you could get hurt, and that makes it yeah. more fun to me. Yeah, a lot of people would do like growing candle fights. I don't know if you. Oh had yeah, that. that's just dumb. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't like that. So for those who don't know, so Roman candle is basically it's a very long tube. It looks like a candle, and if you light it, it shoots out like little like red or blue balls, basically. So they're like a firework balls. And people would like light them and like try to shoot each other and they would have these fights. And uh, yeah, it's not very smart. And a lot of people get hurt. Um, and some, and some of those Roman candles explode. Yeah. That's a so thing I too. Don't, I don't know what they're doing. What's funny is I think almost everybody that uses Roman candles, even if they're not shooting them at other people, you still, you know, hold them, point them in the sky and do fun stuff with them. Yeah. Do you ever actually read the instructions for them? They say you're supposed to bury them like a foot in the ground, light them and run away mm. because, you know, it's cheaply made paper and gunpowder and it could just explode in your hand. 
Yeah, I I would always bury them in the ground. One thing I did with fireworks that was super dangerous that you should never do was I would take bottle rockets and I would rip off the little firework from the stick and I would like bundle them together and then like put them in a bottle and light it and watch the bottle explode. And uh, I found that super entertaining, but in hindsight, that was really a bad idea. Um, <laughs> I <laughs> mean, they, it, that's the spirit of summer. Yeah. So, yeah. So the spirit of summer is really just doing stupid stuff, um, especially as a kid, because I mean, you won't have time to do stupid stuff when you're a grown up. So you have to get it out of your system, as we say. <laughs> and uh, now well, even the adults get in on it. In the, in that's the true. Summer. They have plenty of the stupidity to burn off, especially on the 4th of July. Um, then it's kind of hands off and everyone's stupid for a day. Mm-hmm. My uh, I went to a big 4th of July party probably 15 or so years ago that a distant family member of mine was putting on. Mm-hmm. And they lived. So where I live in city limits, you cannot light fireworks. But once you leave city limits, you're allowed to. And they had a, a very nice house outside of city limits. So it was perfect. And then, you know, me and the other kids all night were having fun lighting off all sorts of fireworks. And then he went and probably bought like $10,000 or something like that worth of fireworks a lot. Oh, wow. And he was going to put on like a big show in the backyard. And he had a wheelbarrow full of these fireworks. And, you know, he was lining things up and getting it ready. And maybe a minute or two into the show he was putting on, something fell over mm. and lit everything inside the wheelbarrow on fire. And we're all like, we're all fairly close because they have a big backyard, but it's all backyard. Mm. And it turned into a war zone. Like things tipped over, pointed towards us and were on fire and shooting at us. So we all just turned around and sprinted. And it was maybe because i messed up in the head i thought it was super fun but yeah it sounds super scary it was dangerous but it was fun and nobody got hurt (laughs) the show ended though yeah i lost all interest in fireworks i would say around nine years ago i just don't think they're i mean i'll watch them but one they're super expensive especially in the u.s and two they're pretty dangerous and three there are so many other people who buy fireworks uh, i can just watch so there's really no point um well it i think it depends if you want to be responsible for the explosion or what i really like is being so close to the explosions that i feel the uh, shockwave oh yeah i feel like the and i feel like the ash and the and the gunpowder like hitting my face yeah i mean i remember that tactile feedback I remember that too as a kid. Yeah. So really like the 4th of July and New Year's are the only two days in the U.S. where you can like buy fireworks, which what's interesting, though, is the U.S. is like one of the few countries where that's I don't want to say allowed, but like, for example, in France, you're as far as I know, you're not allowed to buy fireworks like you know, you have to be a professional. So you're pretty much banned from buying them. I find it interesting that people are allowed to buy fireworks because it's basically, you know, gunpowder and super dangerous. Well, you can you can buy explosives year round. Oh, For example, true. you can buy Tannerite, which is a explosive 
designed to go off when you shoot it. So people, hobbyists will just buy Tannerite and shoot it and it goes boom and it's fun. I've never done that, but that's what people buy it for. Oh, wow. I didn't also, know that. Something, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but mm-hmm. just due to laws and where you can and cannot buy fireworks and the regulations, we have a, a Native American reservation close to us mm-hmm. um, in Hardin, Montana. And it's about an hour, hour and a half drive from here. It's actually where uh, Custer's Last Stand is. And oh, yeah. Once you cross over to the reservation, I think it's less than an eighth of a mile or so into the reservation, there is a massive fireworks shop. And I've gone there a few times and just loaded up and you can get some, you can get some great stuff there. One of my, I, I really love how the firework industry gets around some things. Mm. Um, I believe they're called M88s or something like that. They're just like, a, you light it, you throw it and it just makes a big boom those or at least a version of those were outlawed so what they do to get around that is there's a thing called a ground bloom which you you light it and it spins around in a bright color really fast and it's pretty to look at so they will sell defective ground blooms oh i know those those are so cool yeah so they'll sell defective ground blooms which you just light and they explode like the things that you're not allowed to sell anymore oh i love those things yes um Super dangerous though. Yeah, you mentioned Custer's Last Stand. I don't I don't know if anyone actually knows that. Um but but basically like it's a famous well I won't I don't want to say famous, I would say infamous. Um you can correct me. I'm not sure about all the details, but basically Custer was was a general in the 1800s and he was trying to move uh, the Indians from a reservation and uh, they didn't want to leave. <laughs> And so he basically went in and f- tried to force them to go and yeah, basically lost. And he, he was massacred. Yeah. I, like I, I don't a hundred percent remember the history and you know, a lot of that history was not taught to us correctly yeah. growing up in the U S I true. will say I have walked through, I've walked through the battlefield and what they have there, they have a gravestone where every single person fell and it's, that's a pretty sobering experience. Oh, that's crazy. And there's a lot of them. Yeah, that's uh, basically Native American history in, in a nutshell in the U.S., unfortunately. But that's, yes. a, that's a topic for another day, but very important, too. <laughs> mm. Oh, as far as things opening up in summer, I don't know yeah. how many of these you had growing up around you, but uh, local outdoor pools will open up. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so public pools. So when I was a kid, so this is a prime example of thinking something is great and wanting to have it. But when you actually get it, you realize it's terrible. And I told my mom or my sister and I, that we really wanted a pool. And so she finally caved in and we got a pool. And then we realized how much work it was (laughs) to take care of a pool. It's like a dog, basically. It's cute in the beginning, but if you stick with it, it's a lot of work. So we got rid of the pool, but luckily was it an above ground or yeah, it was above ground. It was an above ground pool. Um, but it was still like a lot of work and we did that for like one or two summers and then like never again, but luckily where we grew up, we had like three or four pools we would always go to, um, and they were always full, but it wasn't very expensive to get in there. Like a couple dollars basically is usually what Mm -hmm. you pay. Well, they're usually put on by local parks owned by the city, right? 
Yeah, that's true. And what you also mentioned at the very beginning of the podcast or the episode, sorry, was the YMCA. Um, oh, yes. And so uh, there were there. I think there was one or two where I lived and we would go swimming there occasionally. And for those who don't know, the YMCA stands for um, Young Men's Christian Association, uh, I believe. Is that and, what that means? Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure. So the YMCA was or is um, a religious organization, as far as I know. But they do a lot of stuff for like secular people. And it was uh, started to like provide uh, a Christian men with a way to, you know, strengthen their body, basically. And so it was started as a religious organization. But um, now everyone just goes there. <laughs> Maybe you remember the song like YMCA. Oh, yes. <laughs> I have uh, drunkenly danced to that at yeah. a wedding before. Yeah. So that's the, <laughs> that's the YMCA. Um, but yeah, I went swimming there too. And so did my, my girlfriend at the time. <clears throat> that's we ju- also, yeah, go on. Something go on. that I was very sad when we lost, we used to have a water park here called oh, Big yeah. Splash and it was a pretty good water park. They had, um, I'd say five or six slides, two pools and, you know, a f- food and everything. It wasn't huge, but you know, for us in Billings, it's, it was really the only water park we had and it was so fun. And unfortunately I, I understand why they couldn't make it because it's a water park in Billings, Montana. And even if it's bustling when it's open, mm. it can only be open maybe four or five months of the year. Oh, but it was so great. So it was always so cold. Yeah. Yeah. I, we, I don't know if I would call it a water park, but we had uh, six flags. I don't know if you know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we had a Six Flags, and it was about, from St. Louis, I would say around 40 minutes or so. It could be a bit longer, though, but it's definitely uh, reachable. And so we would always go to Six Flags. Um, super expensive, and it felt like an eternity to get there. But you, you can do more than, like, they had, like, a water park in Six Flags. But I think Six Flags would be better classified as being an amusement park or, like, a theme park. Um, but that was open every summer and in the winter it was usually closed because if you're outside and it's like 15 degrees, <laughs> you're not going on a roller coaster. And so they're closed. Right. But yeah. and that is actually something interesting to me because, you know, being from a smaller population center, mm-hmm. something I only really learned about when I decided to travel is there are a lot of those places that are amusement park slash water park hybrids and you can you can go on the water rides and get soaked and then you're just soaked all day in your regular clothes and you have to go then you go ride a roller coaster and hope it's hot enough that the sun dries you off yeah well that depends yeah that's true so generally if it's very hot outside uh so let's say it's like 90 degrees uh then it's not a problem because you go into like the water park then you get on a roller coaster you have the sun you have the wind and then you're dry within like an hour or two. If you're really smart, you'll have a change of clothes um, in your car. So you just go out to your car and change that. That's that's what my family did. And uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Although I'm not a super like huge roller coaster fan. But as a kid, that was like, you know, the bee's knees. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Say. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. 
So what else do you think about with summer? What's like iconic to you? Concerts, like music concerts. So when I was growing up and it's still, it's still around, we had a music festival called like Point Fest in St. Louis. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty famous. Like St. Louis is kind of famous for that, I would say. And it's basically like a metal rock concert. Um, and like all kinds of bands come out and it's in summer. And whenever you think of like Point Fest, you think of the summer. And I've been there like two or three times. And yeah, it's just an awesome experience. So I would definitely say going to concerts, especially open air ones, you know, because so you have basically two types. I guess everyone knows this because most people have been to a concert. You either have a concert indoors. So like in a, a theater, for example, an amphitheater, as we would say, or you have it outside, like in uh, like in a field. And those are referred to as open air. And yeah, that's usually what I associate with summer is like these open air festivals. I mean, because I don't know, I wouldn't do that in winter. <laughs> no, although I got to say uh, a metal festival in some northern European country yeah. sound, in the winter, that sounds pretty metal. Oh, yeah. Do definitely. like some do like some Viking metal? Um, yeah, a couple of songs. Oh, what's the name of the band? Amana Marth or something. I don't know. That if sounds you've... right. Yeah. Like... Yeah. They do kind of Viking metal. But uh, and there are a couple other bands. I can't think of them. But I'm not really into like black or death metal. Viking metal is probably like the border. I'm more of just like a regular kind of like Metallica, ACDC, maybe uh, like modern kind of metal too, like metalcore. Uh, oh, right. Yeah. It, but I, I don't know if metacore is still popular. I think it's kind of dying. <laughs> but when yeah, it's all cyclical, yeah, it's truly true. terrible. Like disco, disco never came back. No, no, it never really came back. Uh, except for that one song, uh, Ross Putin. Isn't that the song? Yeah, that... yeah, that song's amazing. Is that disco or is that funk? I mean. I would say it's a few things that I couldn't necessarily put my finger on. And that's uh, okay. probably why it survived. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's definitely true. Um, but yeah. Some, I would say summer is definitely like one of the most iconic seasons in the U S I guess one thing, and this is what, what uh, Obama. So the former president said a couple years, actually more than a couple years, almost more than a decade ago, <laughs> But he had this proposal to shorten summer because um, the kids would stay out of school for so long. So if you get out of school in May and you come back in August, you can bet that you've forgotten everything. I, I did. I don't know about you, but I definitely forgot almost everything. And so we spent like the first three, three-ish weeks, like refreshing everything we learned from the last year. <laughs> Because, I mean, if you're 11, you're not going to study in the summer. <laughs> right. Yeah. Which, as a kid, sounds awful. But as an adult, I, I was thinking about that driving home the other day. Year-round, because there are some school districts that do year-round schooling. Do so they, they really? Get, they get more. F it's the same amount of school days a year. They have more frequent breaks during the school year. Hmm. So it always feels like that break is right around the corner, which has probably got to be great for your mental health. And you still do get like a month off for summer. It's just not, you know, a three month mega gap, which yeah. honestly, 
gets boring eventually. Yeah, that's way too long. And as an adult, like, I, I can't imagine how awful it would be if I just had to take almost all my time off it in one block. Yeah, it's terrible. I guess one point I want to touch on, unless you have another, unless you have another point before we go, is uh, summer school. I, which, I was gonna say that's what yeah. I that's what I want. I want to end with the the buzzkill. Yeah, so summer school. So uh, I'll let you explain it then. Okay, um, I feel somewhat qualified to talk about this. <laughs> my my roommate is actually teaching summer school right now, and I have had the unfortunate. Uh, opportunity i suppose (laughs) to take to take it once myself summer school is what you have to take when you are when you fail a mandatory class to advance in a Mm. grade in school so what they will do is you'll show up to wherever they decide to hold it for that year because for me it was a completely different place from the school i was going to i had to go downtown and they will run you through the bare minimum of the requirements you are passed or you're required to do to have the qualification to move on. And sometimes you're able to knock those out in like a day or two, depending on the class. And some kids are smart enough to be like, yes, I want this over. Boom, boom, boom. Bye. I want my summer. Yeah. Yeah. So it's basically cramming an entire school year or rather an entire class uh, into like a couple of weeks and it's basically a cram school i never went to it i, g- I got close <laughs> i was like a borderline summer school um but i never went to summer school a lot of my friends did and it was super boring but you know they give you two options either you go to summer school or you repeat the year and right which m- most people are not even going to consider no because if you repeat the year then you won't see your friends <laughs> And that's the whole reason you go to school is to see your friends, basically. I, and I would say it's not quite like like cram school is like an aggressive. That's true. Strategy of learning. This is you have to meet X, Y and Z government requirements to get the seal of approval that you can move on. We're trying yeah. to get you there as quickly as possible. And I will not say I really learned anything in summer school. And I didn't really go to summer school because I failed necessarily though I, I did it wasn't a matter of a grade it was mm. a matter of to pass that year of of english in the class i was in i missed one of the requirements it doesn't uh. matter if i had an a in the class which i didn't but it wouldn't have mattered if i had an a i missed that requirement so i automatically failed so to summer uh. school i went oh okay that's very interesting so i guess another thing that's kind of similar to summer school but not really which is detention um i don't know if you had that at your school i think i i can't remember i had it once for some reason i can't remember why and i willingly took it once because for some reason my teacher decided um the way she was having us do presentations Mm. was you wouldn't get assigned a day the entire class was assigned an order so oh. when it was your turn to go up, you had to go up or you got an or you had to turn it in or you had to go up. You got an F if you didn't do it. So a bunch of people just decided to take an F and it moved the timetable up like three days. So I was like, well, <laughs> instead of just showing up and taking an F, I guess I'll just go sit in detention for this period. And it'll be less awkward. Yeah. So detention doesn't have anything really to do with with like summer at all. 
there, there's only one reason why I mentioned it, and I'll get to it in just in a sec. So detention is basically you do something wrong in school, you misbehave, or you don't turn in your homework, or for whatever reason, it's a punishment. And they make you stay, or at least in my case, they make you stay after school for like an hour and just sit there and do homework or, or whatever. And that's kind of what summer school is, but over like a couple of weeks. <laughs> so you go back to school for a couple of hours and you just kind of study. And it reminds me a lot of the movie Breakfast Club. I don't know if you've seen that. I have not. Oh, you have to see it. It's such a good movie. It's a bit overrated, I'll admit, um, but it's a good movie. Long story short, I don't want to spoil it for anyone. It's uh, about a bunch of kids who come from different groups. So one's a jock, one's like a, a princess. She acts like a princess. One is kind of like a goth. Uh, the other is like a thief. And they all get detention together. And uh, they sit in detention for like the whole day. It's like six hours or something. And that's the whole basis of the movie. Uh, but I'll leave it at that. Cause it's a really good movie. It's one of my favorites. Uh, that, that sounds way different than how I'd always imagined it as uh, people showing up to a diner early in the morning and hanging out. Oh, no, no. Breakfast <laughs> Club is... Uh, I think they get into why they call it Breakfast Club, but Breakfast Club has nothing to do with food uh, at all. But anywho, uh, I'm going to finish on that note. I don't know if you have anything else you want to throw out there real quick before we sign I, off. I am all good. All right, then that was uh, a small sneak peek into summer in the U.S. There's much more we could talk about, but I think those are the most interesting and fascinating points. At any rate, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, come talk to us on our Discord if you want. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions, or anything of the like, uh, you know where to find us. Feel free to contact us. We look forward to any feedback. And or just yeah. to say hi. We'll or just to for, say hi. We'll talk you, about nothing. Yeah, you can say hi too. We, we look forward to that. <laughs> so <laughs> thanks for listening and see you next time. Bye, everyone. Bye.